Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. So today, I'm here with a guest, Mr. Ray Hurst, who is an international speaker, personal transformation coach, and a missionary. So I welcome you, sir. How are you? I'm very good. It's good to be here. Very excited. Thank you. So today, I want to, you know, ask certain questions to you about what are the core things people need to, you know, succeed in life. So kindly share your insights on that. The number one key to success is understanding your emotions because your emotions will take you sideways quicker than anything else will. So in able to understand how emotions work, I like to talk about your owner's manual. How does your body, your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit work together and against each other? So you can understand the how, the what, the who, the when, the where, but if you never get down deep into the why, why is that happening anyway? If you never get to the why, you're going to do what we call running a maintenance program. You're going to always be trying to correct it. It's like driving a car and the the, uh, alignment's out and you keep trying to correct the steering wheel. You're fighting all the time to pull the the car back onto the road again. But that doesn't make for a, a fun drive. It makes it for a very difficult challenge. But if you get to the why, why is the car trying to run off the road all the time? Because the tires are low. There's less air in this one tire or whatever. So why am I running sideways? Why am I doing well in my life, in my relationships, in my family, my spouse, my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, bosses, employees? Why do I keep running off the road in these relationships? Or uh, what I like to say is keep hitting the wall. You know, we go through life and we come into these things and all of a sudden we come up against the wall. It's like, whoa, we stopped dead. And unfortunately, what happens is so many people fall down and go back again. They get back up and they come and hit that same wall. They fall down and they go back. They get up and they hit what? The same wall. Why do they keep hitting the same wall? It's because they... They're not getting to the why. So the question is, why do I hit that wall? What is that wall? I could have safely say the majority of the time it has something to do with your emotions. So literally everything that you do in life, and if you're religious, if you pray, what you eat, where you go, who you talk to, who you stay away from, is all an emotional decision. So I'd like to really unpack what I call the the mechanics of your emotions. So a lot of people like to talk about, when they talk about emotional awareness and relationships, they like to talk about the different parts of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, the limbic system, the connections. Like, that's all good, but that doesn't tell you how to drive it. It's like I told you your uh, Pirelli tires on your car, and you got 500 horsepower, and you got this kind of engine. doesn't teach you how to drive it. <laughs> it just tells you what's on the car. It tells you you got the best tires, or, you know, $500 a piece, 
and you got this incredible horsepower, but when you get out on the racetrack, you're not going to win because <laughs> you don't know how to drive the car. So instead of going over all the parts of the car, let's talk about how it operates. How do we, what do we do when we're skidding out of control? All of a sudden, here comes this event, and it's just taking me sideways, and I'm going berserk, and I'm crashing and burning. And I say things I don't want to say, and I do things I don't want to do. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that again. Why do I keep doing that? Or we take a test, and we studied and studied. We go to take the test, and we go blank. Our brain just, like, freezes up. What happened? Because all them things are emotions. So we want to talk about EQ, which is emotional awareness, versus IQ, which is intellectual intelligence. You ever see a very, very smart person do something that makes you say, what was he thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What happened? That person's intellectual intelligence did not diminish at all. You can't, you will not lose your IQ unless you get a brain disease, something like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or something like that. Or you get a traumatic head injury. Is the only time you're going to lose your intellectual intelligence. Now, curiously enough, your emotional intelligence, your emotional awareness, can literally drop from 720 bits of data to as low as 20 in a nanosecond. It takes all your cognitive, all your creative cognitive thinking processing, and greatly diminishes it in a heartbeat to keep you safe. So let's look at this a little bit deeper. Here comes an event, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't like this event. I feel threatened. I feel afraid. Uh, I'm, I'm angry, whatever. Your brain doesn't have – God created your brain, so you're not going to sit there and say, well, if I did this, maybe I could do that. No. You go into what they call the fight or flight, the stress response. The cortisol – goes racing through your brain, takes away your cognitive thinking processing ability, and makes you operate on a very limited set of, of thinking is I'm going to fight or flight, and that's all you can think. Now, this is a good thing when you're in trouble. It's a bad thing when you are not. This will happen by thought alone. You can be sitting here just thinking about something, and all of a sudden you feel, you remember a very bad scenario of something that happened or somebody who hurt you, and your brain literally drops in its cognitive thinking processing ability. Okay? So let's take this to the test. You're in school or anything, anywhere. You're taking any kind of a test. You study, you know you know it. You're like, yeah, I got this. You get in there, and you go into fight or flight. You get afraid. What happens when you have fear, doubt, worry, or anxiety? Your cognitive thinking processing ability greatly diminishes to keep you safe. So, boom, all that intelligence is still there. Is your brain is focused on very limited amount of things that you can do to keep you safe. Just by thought alone. So now, 
can you imagine you want to go out and uh, start a business or get into a relationship, whether that is male or female, whether that is in business relationships or, or friendships or whatever it is. And as you approach that relationship, and all of a sudden, something reminds you of something that happened in your past. And you go into this fear response. And you start saying, ah, uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and you start stuttering. And, uh, uh, and the other person's like, yeah, I don't know that I want to be in this relationship. <laughs> right? So what happens is we... Not that we did not lose our intelligence. We did not get, can I just make it real, and say we didn't get stupid, is our cognitive thinking dropped dramatically in that nanosecond, literally the speed of light, to keep us safe. Now, so what happens, curiously enough, where does your brain find the information when you're afraid? Where did it come out with the fact that I am afraid or that this is a potential threat? So from the time of conception to you're 10 years old, your brain is in what we call hyper neuroplasticity, meaning it just sucks in tons of information. Lots of, you know, all this information is coming in at a hyper speed. And your brain is not developed enough to say, well, you know, that really doesn't make sense, right? I mean, come on, you know, you know better than that. No, your brain just sucks it in. Boom. This is what it means. This is what this means. This is what this means. Your brain will primarily look at the core, which is conception of time, the rest of your life. It is researching the core of your brain, of your beliefs, to determine what's about to happen in the next moment. So, this is, this play this out a little bit. Here comes an event. Event comes along. Your brain does a research of your whole life, primarily of the core of your life, comes back with the conclusion that the last time or the first time that happened and all the times in between that that happened, this was the outcome. So your brain is doing the research. It's like, whoa, this is what I think is about to happen before it happens. If I feel threatened, stressed, worried, fear, anxiety, doubt at all, cortisol and adrenaline are a couple of the bad drugs that run through your body. The adrenaline makes your heart race faster, your pupils dilate, and makes you stronger so you can fight or flight. The cortisol takes your cognitive thinking, processing ability, and greatly diminishes it. This all happened in a nanosecond. That quick. <laughs> now, here's... Now we know what happens. How do we fix it? How, how, what, what do I do about this? Okay, every time I go to take a test, I, my mind goes blank. I, I can't think. Or if I go to meet this type of a person, uh, this socially status person, or I go to meet this um, other type of person, or I get in this situation, I just uh, become like a stuttering, I, 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 I lock up. You have to change the meaning that you're giving to that event. When you're going to take the test and you lock up, you got to stop. So what is your brain doing? Your cognitive thinking process, the ability dropped dramatically. Why? Because you're stressed. 
How do you reverse the stress? It's really, really easy. Is start to think about what are you grateful for? Only think about I am grateful for and only think on that for five minutes. Uh, when you practice this, you can get this probably down into a lot lesser time. What happens when you focus on what you're grateful for? Serotonin and dopamine come racing through your body. Serotonin and dopamine wash out the cortisol, and your cognitive thinking processing ability returns back to normal again. Now, here's, here's the trick, <laughs> especially in relationships. If you are, are um, in a debate with somebody or in a conflict with somebody, it's hard. It's hard to, in the moment when you feel threatened and they, they're coming against you and they're speaking harshly about you and you're trying to defend yourself, it's hard to stop and think, what are you grateful for? Here's where we have to practice in, in self-talk. Who am I? It's talking to myself. Who am I long before we get into the conflict? So, I don't know what kind of sports you follow, but any sports, that team won or lost that game long before they ever got to the game. What was your mental conditioning of who are you before you got in the game? I don't care if it's martial arts, it's football, it's basketball, it's a, any Olympic competitions. It doesn't matter the sport you're doing. Uh, I love UFC. And I, I was mentoring a, as a personal transformation coach. I was training, uh, helping a UFC fighter. And what was intriguing is I realized those fighters literally lose that fight or win that fight a month before they get in the ring. Longer, even longer. Because what is their mental conditioning of how do they see themselves? So as I was working with this one fighter before he got a concussion, is he was in a headlock, and the guy was hitting him in the face. And, you know, they were, they were grappling, and the guy started pounding him in the face, and he turned his back, and the guy got him on a rear naked choke. So after the fight, I'm like, come on, what happened? You know better than that. Because the guy was hitting me in the face. I said, what does that mean? Well, my my uh, my stepfather would hit me in the face, and the guy used like, freak me out. So when this guy hit me in the face, I turned my back, and I knew I was going to lose. What happened? He lost that fight because he never dealt with the trauma of his past. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, so uh, I really understood what you said, like a mind has it all, and the way the mind thinks, the body, spirit, and soul, everything connects with that mind, and you know, that mental conditioning affects you, whether it's of past, or whether you're, what you're presently thinking affects your future. That's all that's in your in your mind. So, very rightly said, sir. And another question that I was, uh, you know, uh, wanted to ask to you was that what was uh, your mental zone when you were writing your book and what is the content 
of your book. So my book is called Daddy, Why Don't You Love Me? A Father's Blessing to a Son and another, another book, A Father's Blessing to a Daughter, Healing the Wounds of the Absent and Abusive Father. So I really wanted to unpack how your brain works before I get into why my book is so critical. Is if Remember, your brain is doing a research of your whole life, every moment of every day, to determine what is going to happen in the next moment based on what you believe happened in your past. If you do not feel loved and accepted from your dad, you're going to struggle to feel accepted in life in so many situations. The statistics are staggering on children that grew up with an absent or abusive father, teen pregnancy, high school dropout, incarcerations, crime, drug use, it is staggering worldwide. The effects that a child growing up without a, a present father. Now, fathers can be in the home and still not be present. They're, not, they're, they're physically present, but they're emotionally absent. That is very, very devastating for a child. And in my book, The Father's Blessing, and I've done this for literally thousands of people before I wrote my book, and I wrote my book because I want to touch millions more, is I stand in the place as that father, and I share a blessing to a son and a daughter, starting from conception, First trimester, second trimester, third trimester, birth, infant, toddler, youth, adult. We, as a personal transformation coach, we have about a 95% success rate. Uh, 95% of our clients have dramatic breakthroughs. The one thing that I use the most effectively in our breakthroughs is when I stand as a father. And I speak love and acceptance into that person's life in every single area of their life. Now, let's just be honest. I'm a father. Uh, I'm married 36 years. I have two children. My son's 32. My daughter's going to be 29. I didn't do it right. I did a lot wrong. I did a lot of things wrong. But there's no perfect fathers out there. So I don't know of anybody that can say, their father never upset them or, or hurt them in any way. And I know there's a lot of good fathers out there that didn't intentionally and didn't want to. It's just they didn't know. And the child, you know, life just happens so fast. And we, we kind of brush things off and push them under the rug and try to ignore them. If we don't go back and deal with them things, they will hinder us the rest of our life. So the, really the premise of my book is to be able to heal them wounds. Now there are some fathers that are outright just not good fathers. I mean, they're just like, not good. Just very bad. Like my father, he's not a bad person, but he just left my mom when I was four years old. Now some people would say he was a bad person. I say my father was broken and empty. He couldn't give me what he didn't have. And so it's really critical. Uh, what I want to get into is how to how to change the course of your life. If you're dealing with anger, depression, 
bitterness, strife, and all that. You have to do what I did. I suffered through, um, let me just back up and say what happened in my life. I suffered through two major depressions. The last one, I was five minutes away from suicide. It was about seven years ago. And I would tell people all the time I was abandoned, I was rejected. What I had to do is I had to go back and change that meaning of what happened in my life. When I was able to go back and change the meaning of what happened, my father left my home to say my father was broken and empty. He couldn't give me what he didn't have. Now, what I do is when I work with my clients is I have them take a white coffee cup, just get a cheap white cup, take a black magic marker and write the people's names on that cup. Put it in a bag and go out on the sidewalk and throw it down and break it. Now, take them broken pieces of that cup and look at that and say, whoever's name you wrote on there, my father was broken and empty. He couldn't give me what he didn't have. My mother was broken and empty. She couldn't give me what she didn't have. So it's really, really important that we are able to go back, or are willing, let's put it this way, not able, we're all able. <laughs> Sometimes we're not willing. We spent our whole life trying to bury that pain. We're trying to hide from it. We're running away from it. We don't want to deal with it. Are we willing to go back and stop being a victim? I'm just, going to, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. As long as we want to be a victim, I'm sorry, we're not going to succeed. You might have some limited success. So you may be in a corporate position and making lots of money, but you can't be happy. There's no way you're going to have peace in your heart until you're willing to go back and change and let it go. Change, your, change the meaning and let it go. Stop playing the victim. It is, it's what I call the simple step, the hard process. The simple step is go back and look at the meaning. The hard process, change the meaning. The hard, it, it, it's not easy, I'm telling you. It's, but it's rewarding. It is immensely rewarding when you can set yourself free. Because let's be honest, nobody else can set you free. Only you. So, whether you believe in God or Allah or whoever you believe in, you cannot change your mind. You can't. Whether you believe in Buddha or, or whatever it is, only you can change your mind. Only you. Nobody can come and do it for you. It is, you know, no matter what your beliefs are. To me, I, to me, I'm a devout Christian, and God cannot change my mind. Because I have a free will. So if anybody, an outside entity, could come in and change your mind, that would mean you're a robot. So it's, it is to be, it is up to me. I have to make them choices. I have to make them hard choices. And the, the quickest way to find freedom, peace, and joy is stop being a victim and realize that that person, that offender, the person that didn't do what they should have done, the person that did what they shouldn't have done, is when you can change the meaning of the event, it will radically, radically set your mind free and 
create a better future. Just remember, let's go back to what your brain is doing. Here comes the event. Your brain does a research and says, what do I perceive is about to happen based on what I believe happened in the past? If you don't renew your mind, if you don't change your mind, you're going to act and react the way you always did. When you be, are renewed in your mind and you change the meaning, all of a sudden you bring it to research side, no, no, we're good. This is going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Maybe I don't like what's happening, but I'm going to be okay. And your brain doesn't diminish in your cognitive thinking. You can think clearly and you can think appropriately and you calmly just keep right on going. So the Father's blessing is primarily to help you rewrite the meaning of what you, how you seen your dad and how you felt you were treated, loved, wanted, or accepted. I see so many incredibly successful people that when you get behind the curtain, whew, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> not good. And a lot of them are true, still trying to please their dads. They're still trying to say, Daddy, look at me. Am I doing good enough? Am I doing it right, Daddy? And they're not happy people. I would never trade the little bit I have for all they have if to live the way they live. I would rather live with my minimal amount at, at peace and having the joy and peace of knowing of just being happy than to have the extreme wealth that they have and live so unhappily. Yeah, very amazingly explained. So uh, I think that the hardships in life uh, that we go through are all experiences and they are in everybody's life and yours, mine. So we must not, you know, think that life is, uh, you know, full of, you know, darkness. We have to, you know, ignite our mind, as you said earlier, that mind has everything. So we have to learn that everything is a learning process. And, yes. you know, uh, in, at times we are, you know, broken down by something. But one who stands up is the man who can do everything in life. And that's the core of success. Uh, pretty amazing. So now my next question is that what is your website all about and how did you think of creating it and what are the contents in it and all the things you can tell me about that. And the second question with it is that what did your careers, the shift and transitions in your careers made you learn in your life? So my website is really to encourage people to overcome their father wound. And so I have two websites. The one is the father's blessing. The other one is for my coaching. But I really am right now focusing on the, my book, which is Daddy, Why Don't You Love Me? And my website is fathersblessing.info. And my, my mission in life is to help people heal their heart from the wounds of not being loved, not feeling loved or accepted from their dad. Because I see the devastating effect that happens. Uh, people will literally struggle their whole life 
trying to get that father approval. And I see that uh, it's, it's, it's worldwide. It's not here just the United States. It's not just wherever. It's literally a worldwide problem. And the effect is the same. No matter your religious beliefs, no matter your cultural upbringing, no matter your background, your your race, or your gender, it, it, it has the same effect. So a website is really geared to, I want to change the world one person at a time. <laughs> That's my goal, is I just want to touch people's hearts and leave God's fingerprints and, and bring healing. Yeah, so thank you so much, sir, uh, for joining in in uh, today's podcast. Uh, guys, I will be linking his website and all his stuff in the description of the show. So thank you so much, sir. Very good. It was exciting to be here. Just glad to share the message and help people were healed and transformed by what I shared. Thank you, sir. Yes. Yeah,